everybody, and welcome to Don't Quit Your Day Job. My name is Paul, and I am your host today from the forests of far western Pennsylvania. Um, I have Timmy Gibson from Children of October. Timmy, thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. <laughs> so I'm going to start by with what I talked to Rico about, and one of the things that I talk about on the podcast a lot, which is why are drummers the worst, Timmy? Drummers. Why are drummers? Why are drummers the worst? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I, I think it's it, it comes with having to be so structured, <laughs> and, and singers and guitar players and bass players. We, we don't have to right. go off and do our own thing. The drummer's got to do the same. It takes a certain personality to be that structured in life. I know I gave a logical answer to something yeah. where I was supposed to be an well, asshole. Well, what's, what's funny <laughs> is that, that Rico said that um, he's very type A, right? He's very controlling. He wants to be in control of everything. And so that yeah. definitely, you can you can see that in his playing and, and everything that he's doing. So we'll talk a bunch about Children of October. But when you guys first got together, I think one of the things that... Um, younger bands struggle with is people finding their roles, right? Everybody's got to kind of figure out what their role is in the band. And I know for Children of October, primarily it's you and Rico, but um, if you had to say, like, who's in charge of the band? Who does the the background shit? Is that is that Rico or is that you? Yeah, it's definitely Rico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like when, when we first started playing together, it was, you know, I did the majority of everything and then it just slowly morphed into he's far better at it than I am. <laughs> just more, again, more organized, more, you know, just, just a lot more common sense applied to, you know, the majority of the aspects of the band. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. He does. Yeah. He does that uh, when it comes to touring, you know, all the booking, you know, the finances, you name it. So basically you just have to show up and play guitar and sing. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I do a lot, you know, a lot of writing and you know, you know that end of things. But in, uh, I used to do most of the recording stuff and everything. But now he's got a his studio. he got a studio up and running now, so he's gonna we'll move up to his place for that now too. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, when you guys first got together, had you already been on sort of the the Pittsburgh scene or the West Virginia scene? Because you're in you're in Western PA, right? Yeah. Um, so out, outside of Pittsburgh, maybe maybe an hour. Um, so were, were you had you already been active? I guess before we get into the Children of October stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and uh, actually the fellow you just met. I know nobody else here saw, but uh, my my buddy Skeet here, my roommate. We had a band called uh, DWT, and we played here for a few years. That band actually morphed into Children of October, and he was in. He's one of the founding members of Children of October also. Okay. Uh, at the time, like he was in the band when it first got going and uh, he, uh, you know, he ended up going his own way, but uh, right. it's, uh, we did, we had that going on and uh, we had another band for a while. Also me and him were in a band called uh, Go Trigger Go. Okay. And uh, that, that played for, it was about three years probably in the area. We played a lot of shows and it was, it was a good time. It was more of a poppy punk band that one. Okay. And uh, when you were doing that stuff, did you, you know, was the hope that, you know, we can get signed and we can do stuff or, you know, what was the objective with, with those bands? I, honestly, man, it was just, you know, not to sound like cliche. It was just for the music. No, <laughs> we, 
we just have a good time playing. It was, I, you know, obviously I think if anyone who's playing in a band says that they're not in it to like, hopefully one day get signed and make a million dollars, they're lying. But there's always that little part of you wants that. Now it, it's how much of that part of you expects that. Right. I, I've never expected that, it, but obviously it'd be great. But it's, we just have a great time playing especially with friends. I mean, I've always wanted to do it with friends and you know, that that's what I mean. Rick and able to do it so long together because we're just, we're good friends. That's All like, right. yeah, it's my, it's my road husband. That's my work husband, right? That's what it's called. You have a work husband or wife when you, when you go right. to your, your day job. That's right? my definite work husband. <laughs> And, you know, and that's a, and, you know, when it was go through go days and all that, it was, that's all me and skeet were the same thing. Yeah. And it's, we always had a great time together. And, you know, when we stop having a good time, that's probably when we'll stop doing it, but I still have a good time. When you got to get, so when you started children of October, which, which is your current band, long running band, um, I would encourage anybody to go back and check out the Rico Mortis episode. And you can hear some of the, some of the backstory there that I don't necessarily want to rehash because there's other things that we can talk about, but when you first got that going, did you have an idea of what it was going to be? Because you guys are like a horror punk, medley kind of thing, but you have a very definite theme, right? So if if yeah. anybody knows your band, they know kind of what you're about. And was that the idea from the beginning? Absolutely. Yeah, there was never. It's it's always basically been whatever, whatever I write or you know whatever whatever we come up with whatever you know comes up with something it's just whatever we're feeling at the time but generally that has been we've had the same feeling for a lot of years you know playing right. you know always come up with the same it's, it's all we've always been doing what we want to do from the get-go so it's basically stayed the same it's progressed a little bit you know over the years i, I would say but um it's we've always had the same you know same vision for it where it's just uh i don't know i don't you know horror punky thrashy you know that it's it's basically whatever our influences have been is what has come through in what we're doing because it's not a it's not a punk rock band it's not a metal band it's not a thrash band it's kind of all of that mixed together um so i would imagine that you can play on punk bills you can play on metal bills you can kind of you know do what play on all of these different things because you're straddling all of these sounds yeah and, and we do we play a lot of punk shows we play a lot of metal shows <laughs> play a lot of horror punk shows but you know and we you know we tend to you know we can we can kind of wheeze our way into all of those right. and make it work you know we we can play on any of those type of bills and and have a good night and and you know generally things go things go the right way and, and it's it, again none of those directions have ever been like a the way we're trying to go it's just been that's right. what comes out and right. that, i think that's what makes it go those ways is the right. fact that it's not not just trying to sound like a punk band not just trying to sound like a thrash band and yeah you know. did you ever try to hook up with a with a label did you ever like actively court you know maybe we can send our shit around and someone will be interested did you do any of that like work no we've never it, there's been things that have come up here and there, you know, just online or, you know, somebody would hit us up and be like, Hey, you know, so it's your stuff, blah, blah, Um, yeah, we, we hooked up with a, just a indie label for a little bit with the, uh, risen dead record. We did our last record, our last full length. And, uh, the, the label didn't work out. It was a good bunch of guys, but like, it, it, but again, it was friends. Yeah. It yeah. was, uh, yeah. it was a let's work together type thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we've never really, 
Huh. Just never really put the uh, never really put it out there. <laughs> because Maybe we should. Well, well, again, that that's sort of the point. So let's talk about that for a second. You know, when when you think about what success is for you personally, or what success is for Children of October, is it really just being able to hang out with your work husband and and play music and and have fun? Is that is that success in the end? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, if I I'd say if I hung it up right now and said I'm done, I, I would be I'd be happy with what we've done over the years for sure. Like, okay. I'd, I'd, there wouldn't be many regrets. I mean, there. There'd always be some what ifs. We, you know, what if we tried this? What if we did this? But yeah, you know, we we've done a lot of touring. We've had we, you know, we put it. We've made some music that I'm proud of, and eh, you know, there's yeah. always there's always there's always gonna be something you wish you did. <laughs> yeah, right. but, you know, there's still right. time. We can still do it. But yeah. Then let's talk about the merch game. You guys uh, have a very strong merch game. Um, you have a lot of different stuff. You have a lot of cool designs. Again, is this something that happened organically or did you set out, we're a horror punk band, there's a theme there, we can sell a bunch of shit if, if we try? I, I would, it was definitely, I think it would, I'd say it was more organically because it started off, so I, I don't, I, I think like when we all started playing together, it we, we had nothing. We had some CDs. I would make CDs that were, you know, there's still a few floating around that were like, you know, this, it would have an album name and it would have, you know, a bunch of songs on it. It'd be from 12 different recording sessions. And be, you know, it, most of it recorded in the, in the basement, but, uh, there, I gotta tell you, Ray, that's where, that's one of Rick's strong points is getting again, organizing right. merge. Yeah. I'm not, not saying that's his strong point, obviously drumming his, <laughs> I know he's gonna watch us be like, "What's he mean by that?" <laughs> no, he uh, he he kills it with the merch because he he does, no, he does all of it. He makes all the t-shirts. Uh, you know, he, anything else that we got to order, he's the one who gets it done. And uh, it's it just slowly. It was we we never when it comes to like making money, you know, like selling merch or going on tour, making money. We've me, neither me nor Rick have ever taken you know five bucks from the band as like. Right. You know, well, we got to get our cut. It's it's always been let's put it towards the merch, let's put it towards a van, or let's put it towards a hotel rooms. You know, just and he has been always awesome at, at applying. You know, any money that we take into creating more merch, creating you know a, a bigger thing for us, you know, more support. So it's been it. That's how it's grown. So now it's gotten to a point where you know we have a million T-shirts and right. all kind of crap we can put out there. That uh, it's great, and I love having that. Um, my wife, so I'll just point out again, I told Rick, my wife loves, uh, she has one of your t-shirts. I don't remember which one, but I think after we saw you guys once, she wore it to bed like a month, like a month straight, you know? Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, so again, um, like you have the underwear, the women's underwear, and you, you do all of this like stuff um, that's just a little bit different. Or, but, but part of it is you have to pump money into that, right? That stuff just doesn't yeah. come from somewhere, right? So, right. so there. Right. But what I think what I'm understanding here is there's not really a game plan to say, okay, we need to sell X number of merch. It's just like, well, here's a cool idea, so let's make it. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's it, again, like what, you know, generally every tour, it's we need to. There, there's that plan is we need to have. X amount of March to go on this tour and right. make sure we have enough till the end right. and come home with something, you know, with, with 
with X amount leftover, maybe, or I mean, the hope is they'll never have any leftover in the end, but, um, and that's generally what has created, you know, with, with every tour has come more merch and, you know, mm-hmm. okay, we got to have something new for this tour. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it is, it's created exponentially over <laughs> like so many years. Um, yeah. Uh, never really thought of it. <laughs> never really thought about it. Um, yeah, it's, again, it's just been organically kind of just yeah, that's, grown. That's cool. Yeah. That's, that's good. I mean, you can, when you approach it like that, you can honestly say, as long as we're having fun, then everything is cool versus, all right, we, we got to make yeah. money. Otherwise we can't, we can't do whatever the next thing is. Right. And that's, that's rough on any right. end, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, what's come with, you know, you know, you have a day job, <laughs> you right. know, obviously, and you don't need, I, you know, you make, say you, you know, you play a show here, you know, in Pittsburgh and you, you made three, $400 that night or something all together. And it's like, are you going to split that three ways? And you know, it, that paid for drinks and the burger you had tonight. And then you <laughs> might take 20 bucks on it. What good does that do you right. really personally right. in the long run where it, that three, $400 that night can go to, you know, buying a new stock of uh, blank shirts and uh, some ink, right. or it can go to uh, putting a new alternator in the van or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Or right. gas money for, you know, the upcoming tour to keep it stocked up, or it can go for a couple rooms for the next few nights. It's, it, it goes such a long way when you put it just into back, the band account the band, rather right. than yeah. splitting it up in your own accounts. So, so what is the, the tour schedule? Are you guys trying to go out for longer periods of time? Are you staying in the East? Are you going to other, other places? And how does that work with, with your day job? Um, I've been lucky enough to have a day job. I, actually, me and Rick have both been lucky enough to have jobs that are very supportive and understanding mm-hmm. about you know, our desire to tour at least a few times a year. Um, we, we keep it, I mean, probably due to, you know, the jobs, but we keep it, you know, two to three weeks at a pop for, you know, for tours. Yeah. Um, right now, I mean, there's been no plan lately since ever since COVID, it, it just killed right. Right. any touring plans. Now we're just starting to get back to where we can be like, all right, start getting something together again. But it's, it, but we went West coast, our last two tours. I think, I think we did like three weeks each or last two tours, West coast, three weeks to a month. I can't remember. And uh, the West is a different animal compared to East. You have a bad night in the West. The you know the next show is twelve hours away. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a, you got two days of driving. You, you got all that to worry about. You have a bad show here in the East. You got a two hour drive, and you're probably staying with a friend that night. It, it's not costing you anything, and you know you can you can get by. Right. Where the West Coast is definitely a lot harder. Uh, right. Booking out there is a lot. You know, it's different if you're not out there too often. But uh, we'll, we'll probably stay east this next time around. Okay. I'm assuming. Okay. I mean, we, me and Rick have not really talked about it much, but I'm assuming he's thinking the same thing. And what's the story with the independence? Um, I haven't talked to those guys at all, really. Okay. I, I know Rick keeps in touch. I'm terrible at keeping in touch with people. But, but, <laughs> but, but you you do play in that band at least sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's that's what I mean. It's it's been a while since uh since I've played. I'm. Let me think. That was 2019, I think, was our last show we did together. So, I mean, that was right before COVID anyway. It was right. a few months before. We did uh, Pittsburgh or Steel City Ska Fest. Right, okay. Uh, together, yeah. they came up for that. Yeah. And that, that was a great show. And then uh, since then, 
I know they uh, they'd gone out right before COVID. I know Rick was going to play drums for them, and I think somebody else was playing bass. Um, but uh, so that's just like a side I, thing for you. Occasionally, it's not something that if they need me, okay, I, I'm more than happy to go because I, I it's. I was just telling somebody about this the other day. They came on Spotify, and I'm like, you know what? That, that's a band where like you, you meet a lot of bands over the years. You know, when you you know touring and playing a million different shows and that is probably i would say i don't want to piss off anybody other any other man but like but anyone would agree who knows them they are they've been around a long time they have excellent music albums are great they tour in a perfectly professional manner they're great guys to hang out with they treat everyone awesome there's no pretension. What's they're just awesome guys, and I'm honored to play with them every time I get to play with them. It's it's a uh, it's a great time. Cool. I love that band. Cool. Cool. Definitely respect that band. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been cool to get to play with them. Right, right on. So let's slightly switch gears here. Children of October. Um, <laughs> I think it's not possible for any normal human to count the number of bass players. Like in the past or even currently rotating through the band, right? I think yeah. like you need a robot or some sort of abacus <laughs> to, to figure it out. So what is this what is the deal with bass players and children of October? Uh, if we knew we would have far less <laughs> it, I, I know what I don't know. We've we've discussed it at length over the years and we're like okay why why but it's there's been a lot of poor timing with a with a few bass players where like we'll just record an album i'm like well i gotta play the bass i'll play all the bass and then we get a new bass player a couple months later and it's like now he's torn with us for you know a year or two and it's like he's not on it yeah how many people gotta come up and be like oh yo which record are you on he's gotta be like well none of them it's (laughs) And that sucks. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. I wish it's like, I, I want someone, you know, whoever that person happened to be at that time to be on a record. So it could be like, Hey, this is, you know, this is my thing. I'm in this now. This is part of me. Right. Where like, it's just been, it's hard to keep someone vested in something that they're not, right. you know, physically part of, you know, they're not, uh, they're not on a recording. And it's, it's, it's been some unfortunate timing over years. Plus it's just been a lot of like me and Rick, we, <laughs> We've been playing together so long. We we generally never practice. Okay. So we just might not really think about it too much and just expect people to be like, "Well, I can learn this on the CD and then show up to the show and play it perfectly." Yeah, people want to practice sometimes. <laughs> but I, again, there's no real reason. It, it's not that we don't get along with anyone. We get along with. I mean, I could call anybody who's ever played bass for us, and we would have you know. It, It'd be great to catch up. <laughs> I mean, it's there's no animosity with anyone. It's just been either bad luck, unfortunate timing, or it's been somebody who's in another band already. And so, and that's like George from the Jasons and, and guys like that. You know, they're yeah. they're all busy with other bands. Um, <clears throat> so you're it works for you and Rick basically. You can do it this way, and and it's okay. And you don't. Yeah. So is it really comes down to you don't feel the need like you need to get someone. It, yeah, at this point, it's it's been working this long. I mean, right now we would consider okay. We've got Tony Hall who plays bass for us a lot for the local shows. George has been, I would say, 
I, I consider George the third member of, uh, of Children of October right now for a long time. I, I love him. If there was, if there was somebody I could say like, Hey man, let's do this full time. That would be the guy I'd pick. If right. somebody asked me to you know, pick somebody and that's not knocking anybody else. It's just, yeah, it's, it's my bro. I love right. him. And, uh, we get along great. I talk to him all the time. And I think he does a killer job. He just, he, he gets it, you know, but he's, that's a talented man who's, who plays in a, you know, he plays in a few bands yeah. and those bands are doing well. And I can't, you know, I could never expect him to be like, oh, you got to stop doing that so you can play with us. <laughs> he was already doing those first and they're, they're doing, they're doing great. Uh, and, what uh, about Derek Reed? I understand played bass at some point in his past. You should just yeah. drag Derek Reed out of his cave and, and get him on stage. You know, I think Derek would do awesome. And he has, he's played with us and it's been, he's done great. Yeah, I, I think you need to. Yeah. Uh, can we can we get him as a third person on here and be like, hey, this is definitely the, this is the call out for for Derek for sure to <laughs> to, to join Children of October. Um, okay, so next I want to talk about you have a very particular stage presence, and that is cooler or some kind of box on the stage so you could put your left leg up. Right. And, and that's yes. how you play most of the show. Yeah. So, I, so explain yourself. What is that? I have no idea. <laughs> I just, I think that there was like, there'll be so many shows you play where like, I just happened to put my mic in a spot where I could put my leg up on a monitor. And I was like, I'm, the first time I did that in a show forever, I was like, Oh, this is comfy. And then, there's that string of shows where it's just, there's nothing there. And just, I have absolutely no reason as to why my left leg needs to, <laughs> it, it just got to a point now where I'm like, I need a box to bring with us. Yeah. I just use, <laughs> instead of making some, you know, big fancy ego boxes, like, you know, right, I, because I just, right. You can buy an ego riser, right? Which is just a yeah. big metal box. And, you know, if you're in Five Finger Death Punch, you can pretend you're a rock star and stand up on it and you know, <laughs> do do that sort of thing. But that's not what you're doing. You're literally just putting your left foot up it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It. It's it's strictly a utility, that box. So I'm like, okay, rather than have to bring something extra because I'm way too lazy, I just use my cord box. <laughs> I used to have a little toolbox and I smashed it. And I've definitely seen a cooler more than more than once. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think it looks like a cooler. That's just my cord box. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, no. You're right. I have used a cooler. <laughs> I use whatever will, you know, matches the height. And yeah, I. And speaking of, of gear, um, you know, you do the standard half stack thing. As I get older, one of the things I think about is I don't, I don't want to carry gear, right? So. How much smaller can I get my stuff and still be loud enough? And and that's become yeah. really important to me. And you're a touring guy. Do, do you start to think about those those sorts of things? Are they important to you? Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's a again, we'll go back to a certain amount of laziness that just makes me say, man, I want one of those Louis heads. <laughs> I get one of those single like two twelve cabs or something, but it, it there's a I'm so used to a certain sound. Like I, I like to have a cab on each side of the stage. Okay. And, uh, without that, I just feel naked. Cause let me tell you something. When you have a man with the hammer of Thor as the drummer <laughs> in your band, <laughs> whose snare 
can be heard in other nations. <laughs> you you have to have like every song guy would be like, oh no, I'll make sure you can hear. No, because by the end of the show, the song guy's always complaining. They'll come up, man, you got a loud snare there, fella. <laughs> and I I gotta fend for myself at this point. I right. need a cab on each side. Plus, also, even for Rick, because 99 times out of 100, he can't hear out of his drum monitor. So we'll kind of turn that cab towards him. We'll turn one of them towards right. him. And uh, it's just, it's become a a comfort level at this point. One of the things that, that I often, you know, read about on forums or whatever is, you know, it doesn't matter because we're going to, you're wherever you play, you're going to be mic'd or you can use in-ears or whatever. So I don't know where these guys are playing, but the shitholes that I play at, it's stage volume, right? And that's, yeah. that's you, you have to rely on stage volume to pretend yeah. that that you don't need stage volume is is kind of a joke for, at least for yeah. what I do. Is that is that also your experience? Absolutely. Especially like when you, and I'm sure, you know, you go, when you have all that noise behind you, there's, there's a certain energy level that right. gets you going. And when you play that venue, who's like, Oh, keep your stage volume, you know, right around here. Or, or you have the song that comes up and actually turns your amp down for you. <laughs> and it's just dead quiet. It's yeah, you got carpeted walls next to the drummer. So the drums aren't echoing and making a bunch of noise. And it's like, I, I just pull up a chair, I guess, now and sit down and <laughs> let's just go into acoustic seconds. There's no energy behind it. When, right. when you got all that noise ringing up there, man, that's a, you gotta have that volume. You gotta have a stage volume. What, what just, about ear protection? Necessary. What about ear protection at this point? Oh, I just had this conversation with somebody last night or someone. Anyway, um, my ears ring 24 hours a day because <laughs> I never wear earplugs. Rick? Always has earplugs in. That again, there's preparation over just never thinking things through. <laughs> and uh, just a, just a few more things here before I let you go, Timmy. One is the the band haircut. Although I don't know that you still have the band haircut, do you? Yeah, yeah, you still do. There it is. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I talked to talked to. It's growing back. I yeah, cut it off. Yeah. Okay. It off. Yeah. It's it's there. And Rick's is is much longer than it's been in the past. Um, yeah. It, did you guys? Was that like okay? Here's official band haircut. If you're going to join the band, then you have to do this. No, it just kind of <laughs> happened. <laughs> I think like one day I looked at him and <clears throat> he looked at me and pretty sure he had it first. Um. And then my hair grew and I've never, I like years ago, I grew my hair long when I was a teenager, but I always had like all the top and back and just the side okay, shape. Okay. And then, uh, I, I always pulled to one side though. And I, I, Rick had his hair that way. And then I grew my hair back out again, you know, about I don't know, 12 years ago. And it, uh, kind of just looked at each other one day and we're like, we have the same haircut. <laughs> like I, it was never intentional. Right. And then right. like the amount of people, uh, bass players we've had, like our buddy Dean and uh, Brendan and all, all had the same haircut. Like we all, it's the, again, I, it's, it was never it, like, we didn't choose them because of their haircut. It's it just definitely the official children of October haircut. That's a, that's a hundred, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Yeah. True. Um, I'll, I'll drop the links, uh, to all of your stuff. Like I always do for everyone who's listening to the podcast. Uh, so what's on tap? Are you guys going to get ready to record in the brand new October studios? Are you going to, you know, yeah. you already mentioned you got to talk to Rick about going on tour, but, but what's next for you guys? Yeah. Um, yeah, we definitely got 
we're kind of waiting on recording before we really, you know, gear up to go out a lot. Uh, we have a couple songs we've been working on that Rick's already got the drum tracks down. I just got to get up there and lay the guitars and vocals down. Right. But uh, we got some stuff flowing. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I'm a firm believer in the, don't just bang it out because you need it. You know, it's if, right. if it comes to you right and then, then we'll do it. But, you know, it's get some dry spots there for a while sometimes. And you know, I've had one for a little bit, but it's, we're starting to feel it again. I'm feeling it for sure. So like there's, there's some songs brewing up, but yeah, we definitely got a few ready to go. So we're, we're probably just going to lay down a few, put them out and go from there. Who's going to play like, bass? Yeah. Uh, George, most likely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely on these songs are, we already talked a while back. Um, that George would be playing bass. Uh, Cool. So it'd be nice because, like, other than my buddy Skeet was just in here earlier, he played a couple songs on our very first EP, and since then, no one's ever played bass on a record. So it'd be it'll be great to like get George down on something finally. It, it'll be cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Right on. Well, I want to thank everyone who's listening and supporting the podcast. Your support is very much appreciated. Please tell your friends and your frenemies and go on Apple Podcasts and give us a like. That helps us out a lot. Thanks to Timmy Gibson from Children of October. Check him out. Um, I appreciate your time, man. It's good to talk to you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.